Tell me, how does a girl like you get to be a girl like you? Lucky, I guess. Oh, not lucky. Naughty. Wicked. Up to no good. Ever kill anyone? Because I bet you could tease a man to death without half trying. So stop trying. TGIF, it's Manson Mitchell with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to jumpstart your weekend. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. TGIF indeed. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Manson Mitchell in your ears for the hour. Happy to have you with us today and happy, of course, of a Friday, just about every Friday. We are privileged to work with the man we call bad boy, Benny Mathers. He's at the board. How are you doing today, Benny? All good. We're doing well here <laughs> in Seattle. At the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, right. Among Floridians. <laughs> no one else. Right. There we go. And, uh, well, I've just got to put it to you, Benny. Seattle did itself proud. Yes. the All-Star Game. I hope it was a citywide celebration, despite the fact that the visiting Nationals won the game. Yeah, it's okay. You got to let them have once or, you know, one or two every once in a while. You know, make them feel, you know, <laughs> welcome and uh, comfortable with playing the All-Star, All-Star Game. So, yeah, the Nationals did. What was it, like a 8, 9, 12-year drought or something like that? You know, it's funny about that, Benny, because there was a time when the National League losing to the American League was unheard of. Mm -hmm. And then the American League went on a winning streak of many years or however many out of however many years. It just seems to be like a balancing act, but it doesn't happen every two or three years. You get these long strings of victories by each league. Very true. Very true. Um, I'm happy to see a lot of new players that I have never seen before. And even the home run derby the day before was ridiculous. Um, I mean, it's so amazing how far those guys can hit a, a baseball. <laughs> I mean, just in general. That's something that I noticed because, I mean, I'm a, I'm a senior and I grew up watching stars of the 1960s and 70s, mainly the 60s. And I can recall when baseball players just looked like baseball players. You might have a, right. a I mean, even even in the era of Tony Gwynn, who mm -hmm. was, he wasn't a lightweight, you know, or you had uh, Frank Thomas, the big hurt, correct, big poppy. Mm -hmm. You got these guys there, <laughs> but they stand out now in a way that they really would have back in the 60s and early 70s. Whereas today, I see these marvelously conditioned athletes, these great specimens of an athlete up there rippling with muscles. And I go, that doesn't look like Smokey Burgess to me. <laughs> no, I definitely agree with you on that. Over the last, you know, 30 years and 40 years of player dynamics and style and hitting, it's all about finesse and how you can be really strong, but be wiry all in the same look. Um, there's a pedigree of athletes it's just totally different and i mean we got to kind of exclude the whole you know steroid years because well that's just that so those weren't all naturally large people anyway so but we're done with them that's right things have changed i mm -hmm. still wonder however how barry bonds ever got away with going from being rail thin like yeah. his dad bobby bonds whom i saw play when he was with the angels yeah and then all of a sudden he's massive and ripped to the max and, and he wasn't quite sure how that happened oh, yeah. i have a suggestion <laughs> yeah right we know we see pictures come on <laughs> oh. well it's great to be working with you as always benny 
and Suzanne, we are delighted to have, as we get every now and again, we get the opportunity to bring a friend on as a guest who was a friend first. A friend first and also an early sponsor of our show as well. Yes, there is the financial component from days gone by, but today she's a successful businesswoman in her own right without having to leave the metaphysical field. And that's something that maybe we can kick off our discussion with that, how people can be not just into metaphysics, but to take a serious, even career interest in it and still have to seek how to monetize it. Because you still have to eat. You can't eat the sacred air of the holy gods and goddesses. You have to pay your bills like everybody else. And that would include Alicia Michelle. Delighted to have her with us. Here's her bio. This is the least you need to know about Alicia. Her journey with the healing arts began in 1992 while studying at the University of Florida. At that time, she was studying psychology and linguistics and became fascinated with brain wave states, DNA repair, and cellular rejuvenation. Alicia is a mind-body-spirit teacher, life coach, yoga instructor, and head and heart coherence mentor. Currently, she does sessions by appointment at the 13 Moons Healing Arts Studio, about which we will hear more, and remotely, of course, online via Zoom conferences. So once again, delighted to have you back, Alicia Michelle. Welcome. Thank you, Gary. Thank you for the introduction. Nice to be with all of you. And hey, Benny, nice to see you too. Hi there. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> yes, it has. Thanks for having me, you guys. We are talking us some astrology today. That is the background by which Gary and I are most familiar with you. And when we were talking about doing this show today, we were saying to ourselves, what haven't we discussed about astrology? And because it's such a complex study, there are certain things, most everybody knows their sun sign, but it's interesting when Gary and I ask around, there are a few people who don't. And then we say, well, when's your birthday? So <laughs> we can get their sun sign from their birthday, because at least Gary and I know that much. But, okay. um, you know, most people know their sun sign, but then we have talked about the ascendant. We've talked about the moon. We've talked about other aspects of it, but we wanted to talk to you about changes that are going on in the planetary configurations and something very particular. And that is what the heck are the <laughs> North and South nodes about? Because mm -hmm. that to me is like a complete mystery. And so you said you'll come on and talk about North and South nodes. Mm -hmm. So what is that? And what does it mean for us? Okay, well, the nodes are uh, mathematical points. Um, we consider them sensitive points in astrology or theoretical points. And it's basically where the moon, the orbit of the moon intersects with the ecliptic. And that's the path of the sun around this, what's called the celestial plane. And so you have to remember that we're, we're looking at, let's look at it from quantum physics uh, perspective and model, because it is, we're talking about the quantum field of the sun, the planets, the stars, and then our position as humans on this planet and our interaction with these forces. These are all forces. So these nodes, Suzanne, are actually sensitive points. They're not, they're not planets, they're not stars, but they're points in vibrational astrology. They're called... Uh, um, 
midpoints and they still have energy. They still actually, they have a lot of power and a lot of energy. So our North node is our destiny. Like in your chart, in your matrix or mine or Gary's or Benny's, anyone um, that's listening, like we all have a North node in our matrix and that points to our evolution, our soul's growth in this lifetime. Our, 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 our most fulfillment would come from activating that point. It's our spiritual purpose. It's our mission. It's our calling. The South node is 180 degrees behind it it has a equilibrium a balance between the two the south node is the past it's um what's called our cosmic comfort zone it's our path of least resistance so what we tend to do especially without guidance or esoteric knowledge we tend to kind of be stuck in that south node for decades you know 30 40 50 years sometimes i've worked with clients that did not activate their north node until they were over 50 but we're really supposed to really be pretty fine-tuned to that north node by our, our saturn return at at 30. And so we have our personal North nodes, which I just, you know, described, but we also have the nodes like where they are today and the ones that's shifting. And that's what started this conversation with you and I, and that has a global implication as well. Now, this is interesting on more than one level, Alicia. And let me introduce, because I've watched Mm -hmm. enough Harry Potter movies. (laughs) Let me me introduce a note of foreboding here. Okay. I don't know about you, but we're too old to run screaming anywhere. So we're just going to sit here and talk. <laughs> you watch Harry Potter movies. What are those kids running around for? Did I run that much when I was a kid? I don't recall. It seems like they scream and run a lot. And they come up with yes, a do. new monster to encounter every 10 minutes. So that's <laughs> the way that goes. Made them a lot of money. Who am I to criticize? Yeah. Like borrowing a page from them. Um, you know, when we talk about Saturn return. And mm-hmm. that is involved and also a term like ecliptic, which must be significant some ways because uh, astronomers would not have denoted it otherwise. But when we talk about dealing with our nodes, the north node issue mm-hmm. that's central mm-hmm. to our life, and we should deal with it by the time of our Saturn return when we're about 30. And that mm-hmm. can be measured precisely by astrologers, by the way, like Alicia Michelle. What what happens to us? What sorts of things are likelier to happen if we fail to understand or blow it off and say, I'm fine as I am and do not deal with North Node significance in a timely way? What's the price to be paid? Well, it's pretty big, actually. The cost versus the benefit is, is huge. Um, it's a lack of fulfillment. It's a lack of um, um like feeling like you, you get stuck in a looping pattern, you get stuck in the past. Um, you repeat the same um, patterns. Essentially, you get stuck, and you feel like you're not you're not progressing because it's evolution. It's an evolutionary path of your soul. So you can you know you can stay doing the same thing for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, uh, but there's always going to be something missing. There's going to be a void. There's going to be this you know feeling of even self judgment self-critical feelings about yourself like when it limits your personal freedoms because you don't you don't go outside of those outdated systems and structures that you've created for yourself so it really is it has pretty strong implications i had a feeling that would be the case alicia thank you for saying that i think there's a tendency in human life in fact i don't think it i know it from my own self-observation and just being involved with or related to any number of people who as they get older say i'm sorry that i didn't take more chances 
I'm sorry that I paid so much attention and put so much of my energy into worrying about what other people think of me when I, I could have been living my life creatively and possibly much more joyously had I just unleashed my creative machinery, let my imagination run free and follow wherever it would take me. Nice. Yep. That's it. You nailed what, it. Go what's ahead. interesting about the Saturn return is it occurs um, between like 29 and 30 years old for the most part. Do I have that right? Yes, correct. So, mm -hmm. so then again, between 58 and 60. And if you look at your life in those large chunks, um, you know, 30 years and 30 years and 30 years or 29 and 29 and 29, um, it, it, it seems as though you could almost divide your life into thirds. And recently I heard mm -hmm. somebody talking about their life in thirds as aspiring, acquiring and decluttering. Wow. So, so, you know, there's that time in your life when you're, you're planning your life. How can you do it? Who are you going to have a relationship with? What kind of life would you like to have as you're breaking away from your parents and trying to figure out what your own life is going to be? That seems like the part that goes up to about age 30 or so. If you mm -hmm. haven't figured it out by then, it seems to me from what you and Gary are talking about is that you're going to have a, a big uh, wake up call between say 30 and 60. Uh, what, is, what is your life going to be like for that period of time? Well, if, Saturn, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go well, ahead. Saturn creates pressure. It creates a pressure in our lives. So we will, we'll have, will confront resistance in our life the more we resist um, that change and that flowing into a higher consciousness. But what happens is uh, if you don't get it at 30, you have 10 more years before you have your Uranus opposition, which is another planetary um, configuration that is, is designed uh, esoterically and divinely to uh, awaken us and illuminate us. So uh, in psychology, that particular time frame is called a generally a, uh, midlife crisis in astrology oh. it's uranus opposition yeah so that okay. uranian energy really puts a lot of pressure even physically you guys it activates our cerebral spinal fluid at the base of the spine that particular planet people don't understand how everything's connected by quantum physics physics there's entanglements we are literally entangled with pluto with the moon with the stars like we are connected as one system so that uranian energy literally puts pressure on the body and that's when people well they they feel like they've like what gary was saying that they haven't activated their you know their genius they haven't um fulfilled their own prophet self you know their prophecies and who they are and found out who you know their strengths and, and attributes so that's when we go through it now if they resist again during that time it, they won't come back around until their Chiron return at 5051 and then at 58 with the second set of return. So there's a few cycles in between, Suzanne, but okay. you really are nailing it. It's it is cyclical. It's all these cycles within cycles. So what I have seen in my practice, and I've been doing this for about 26 years now, um, is that people that don't change or grow or, um, you know, evolve when they get to be about that 58 mark that second saturn return there's a bitterness there's a crystallization that begins to happen in the mental state of these people and they they begin to shut down they begin to become bitter because they had they can't feel 
any joy. They can't access that level because they haven't done their inner work. So when we're here on this planet, you know, it's like how much have we learned and how much have we loved? It's pretty simple when it to me in my worldview when it comes down to it. And those are broad strokes, of course. But if we really just focus on those things, we can really feel, you know, develop and cultivate fulfillment and joy. I, I have heard that phrase about what have we learned and have we loved mm-hmm. from spiritual teachers and spiritual people. And so I, I've heard that from more than one angle. I wanted to um, just clarify something in my own mind. The the elliptical, ecliptical, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, that's the sun's path. Correct. And, and so when the moon crosses the sun's path at, at that now, and I'm not exactly sure the ecliptical, well, that, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the sun's path. The mm-hmm. moon, which is going around the earth, will will cross that. It intersects. Mm-hmm. Inter- it intersects. And how often does that intersect? Well, it, it intersects twice uh, it, on both sides, right? So right now, like, for instance, on the 17th, we're about to go into North Node will shift into Aries. But the last 18 months has been in uh, Taurus. So we're shifting into Aries. Every 18 and a half months, it changes. Okay. And interestingly enough, every 18 years, we have an, a nodal return. And at the end of the show, I was going to mention Venus retrograde and every 18 months, Venus goes retrograde. So there's a, a real theme today with these, this 18, but it changes every 18 months. Okay. So for 18 <laughs> months, the, the moon has gone over the sun's path in Taurus once, right, at, well, the, once at the beginning and once at the end. Yeah, interestingly enough, they go retrograde, so they go backwards. So we're going from Taurus into Aries, and it goes, it doesn't go one degree Aries, it goes at 29 degrees Aries, and it goes backwards. The nodal axis travels backwards. And so, um, so we have the personal one. And I looked up yours and Gary's in my database, and you both have a north node in the sixth house. And what I'll do before the ending is just do a quick read for your audience so everyone knows where this north node is going to be for them in this next two years and how to activate it. Because the key is we have a um, the the nodal axis sets up the eclipses, right? We have eclipses every year, eclipse season. There's always a big talk about it. And the eclipses is where we quicken our energy. This is where we let go of the old. This is where we become bolder versions of ourselves. This is when we initiate into new things. So eclipses are very, very powerful and very important. So the nodal access, Suzanne, is what determines what house, what sign, what constellation the eclipses are going to be in for the next 18 months. Okay. So when, okay. It, when it crosses into Aries on the 17th, which is just three days away. Mm-hmm. Um, what will be the global significance of that crossing? Well, we're, first of all, it's going to definitely, it shapes world events. It definitely connects to the collective, these acts, these uh, energetic changes. So one thing we can see it's Aries. So at first glance, like people, when you just see the surface, you, you see Aries is Mars is war you know, it's opposite is Libra, Venus, that's peace. And, but it's so much deeper than that and so much bigger than that And because there's also spectrum. So Aries is not just war. It's authority. It's authenticity. It's, it's 
power. It's pioneering, you know, it's assertive. Um, so as we go into this, what we can see in the global scale is a surge of activism. It, it can, we can see people really asserting themselves in an authentic manner, for, you know, asserting their rights and also um, self-expression, you know, so it can it can show up as aggression and rebellion, of course, the lower aspects of it. But we can, as a human race, we are evolve. We can evolve. It's a choice <laughs> and it's an invitation. But I do see us evolving and going into this North Node in Aries um, in a very um, powerful and transformative way. Mm, so it's, okay. yeah, absolutely. So the opposite of the, uh, of the warring could be transformation. Yeah, we're going to see, I, I, I'm perceiving um, big shifts in leadership around the world. Um, uh -huh. organiz yeah, a lot going on in, in individuals, but also organizations, leadership, governments. Um, there's going to be a lot more, my perception is we're going to see a lot more proactive and intentional aspects for people in, in, in really setting intentions and choices to have a different experience. So there is such a powerful um impetus for personal growth and achievement personally and globally. So that's why education is so important. It's so important to understand uh, our power, you know, so we're coming out of Pluto and Capricorn, you guys, and that's top down authority. That's hierarchical authority. And we're going into Pluto into Aquarius for the next 20 years. That's uniqueness. That's your uh, authentic self. And, and then, then with the Aries aspect, that's self-governing, you know, self-authority. And so coming out of the Libra part is like codependence, people pleasing, indecisive, keeping the peace, you know, by sacrificing personal truth, you know, overly compromising. So but the beauty that we can learn from the um, South Node in um, in Libra is balance, cooperation, um, individuality and embracing that. So there's a lot that's going to be happening. I mean, obviously, we're in it right now. You know, look at everything we've gone through. So as an example, as we're coming out of um, the North Node in, in um, Taurus, there's been a really strong um, emphasis on finances. Okay. So the Taurus-Scorpio axis, Taurus is the North Node that we've been in for the last 18 months. And the South Node is Scorpio. So... Um, the North Node is, uh, you know, giving, Taurus, receiving, Scorpio. Retention, Taurus, elimination, Scorpio. Um, it has to do with resources and personal power, you know. So these, and also like if you think about, um, it's also the South Node is uh, secrets and uh, abuse of power. So we've seen a lot of that in the last two years. And North Node is... Um, has to do with reliability and creating comfort and it's our money and it's our finances. So it's also attachments. So do, does that kind of, does that make sense? If I give you that reference, it's finances. Yes. Uh, homes. And, and, and mm -hmm. when the South node moves from Scorpio into Libra, Libra. Mm -hmm. um, now you said earlier, the South node has to do with our past in our personal charts in our personal okay so mm -hmm. so when the south node is in libra for the next 18 months is that going to what's the positive thing that is going to come out of there the the okay. peace, peaceful aspect the communication mm -hmm. aspect yes exactly so okay. the south node is what we 
uh, what we already know. It's that, like I said, cosmic comfort zone earlier. It's what we've, we've already created. We already know it in our own personal charts, but also in the, the global community, it helps us embrace harmony, purpose, Mm. Uh, communication, collaboration, cooperation. These are all Venusian. These are all Libra qualities. Um, I was given the the, um, the negative aspects of Libra with the codependence and all that. But the thing is, everything has spectrum. So when we are living in a field of energy, as we are, we live and move and have our being in this energy field, there's all is pos- all the potentials there. It depends on where we're vibrating. And that's why it's so important to raise our vibration so that we can, you know, we cannot correct the problem from the same consciousness and level of intent and, and mentality that created it. We have to rise above it in order to truly heal and create it and, and heal it. I find it interesting that, and that's putting it mildly, during these times in which we are living, that around the world, masses of people are attracted to something that certainly people in my boomer generation never anticipated, and that is an affinity with strong men and strong man government. And Mm -hmm. it is going on globally, wherever there is an opening for it to eventually prevail. And I'm curious to know how you would explain that astrologically and energetically. When you say strong men, what would you like? Will you elaborate? I can give you examples like, like dictators, dictators, and those who would like to, who would like to be dictators, who would like for their word to be essentially law. Yeah. Like, like a poop. Right. He would be the, the most, he would be the most bellicose example on the planet today. (laughs) But good word. Yes. But there are very such a wordsmith. I love it. (laughs) So go ahead. And then I'll have a question, Alicia. Well, um, the first, thought I, that came up for me when you asked that was, you know, Pluto and Capricorn in 2008 would definitely bring, bring a surge of those types of people because it is an attraction to power and top-down authority. So some of these people are absolutely embodying that energy and it's clearly hierarchical and, um, you know, um, master and servant type paradigms. Um, but the thing is, as we go into the Pluto Aquarius, just like, okay, back up a little bit. So in 1776, the last time Pluto was in Capricorn going into Aquarius is when we, you know, the United States got its uh, freedom from uh, England. And so in France and all that was going on then, you can kind of see that it's repeating itself. A lot of those things that happened 248 years ago, the last time Pluto was in Capricorn going into Aquarius, we're like revisiting a lot of those same themes. And um, part of that was the control aspect of these these leaders, as you were pointing out. But what we're going into now, Gary, is um, the Aquarian energy. And the Aquarian is more humanitarianism. It's more progressive. It's more universal. There's more There's more uh, cooperation that comes with that because there's it's more of a mental, it's a mental state instead of the Capricorn that is Saturnian. It's a Saturn energetic, right? It's ruled by Saturn, but the Aquarius is ruled by Uranus. And Uranus is a lot more about uh, freedom and injustice and, and, and opening, you know, illumination. So I do see that that's really going to shift. And I do see that the next, while we're in this um, North Node shift that we're going into right now, that we'll see a big change in the leadership, a big shift in the leadership all over the world. We really will. There's no Uh, doubt. Alicia, that is extremely positive. And I have to say that I have the same feeling as I've been watching um, what's been happening with the uh, 
two new countries entering NATO, this mm-hmm. cooperation that is going on among um, countries now who are wanting to stay together and um, and the the fight that is happening between Russia and the Ukraine, where you know Ukraine really wants to stay an an independent country and not be part of Russia. And Mm -hmm. what that seems to uh, portend, if you kind of look a little down the road, that this was a mistake by Putin. And and so, um, you know, what is going to be the price for that mistake? And and as I as I look at world events, I feel very hopeful about, you know, the the uh, the outcome of that and Ukraine allowing to. Um, be its own country and the celebration of that, whereas the strong man Putin may appear to be quite weakened, then and that's already being talked about is that, you know, this has been a, a weakening for him mm-hmm. when, um, when his his own fighters were turning on him. Wow. So, so I do see what you're talking about with Pluto going into Aquarius and the the idea of the humanitarian nature um, now getting being let out and 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 having some rain at this point. So you know what you're saying to me sounds very good. And you were the person that I first heard talk about the age of Aquarius years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And you said, Suzanne, I need to remind you, it's not a light switch. It happens over many years, little by little. Yeah. <laughs> the age of Aquarius, before it was talked about, it was sung about. Right. Right. Wow. Some of the people were then. naked, but we're not going there. <laughs> Thank goodness we're on the radio. You're welcome, world. <laughs> we are talking with Alicia Michelle, darling person. Great to get to know her. She, as I say, she was a friend before she was a guest, and we have maintained over the distances including within Florida itself. We're down here in Sarasota. She's up in Gainesville. And when we come back, we're going to do the marketing piece so that you can find out how you can get up close and personal from wherever you are in talking to Alicia Michelle and benefiting from the wisdom that she has to offer. She's been at this a long time, folks. Give us a couple of minutes. We'll take our one break of the hour. And when we return more with Alicia Michelle here on Manson Mitchell. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash manceandmitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. 
Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world-famed, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcome Alicia Michelle, the Astro Babe, to talk about several important planetary alignments going on now and for some time to come. Forewarned is forearmed. On Saturday, Matt Shea sits in the guest host seat and along with Skip and Sharon Line Gang discusses ghostly encounters and metaphysical moments in their trademark fashion. Bringing you fascinating talk since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest this hour, Alicia Michelle, dear friend of ours for many, many years. Alicia, if people would like to find out more of what you're about, your intro introduced several things. And of course, we've been talking about astrology, but if you could give us your website, any social media, any classes or anything that you're doing that people can participate from anywhere, um, please let us know. Sure. Uh, well, right now I'm doing um, the Summit of Light. It's um, summitoflight.com. We launched on June 16th, and it's uh, basically just transformative envisioning of the world. There's a bunch of us, about 40 of us, spirituality, natural medicine, conscious living, acupuncture, astrology. So yeah, we just launched that. It's wonderful. Changemakers. It's a summitoflight.com. Um, I do a monthly workshop every uh, month at the first Saturday. It's uh, the new moon integration course. And um, I tie in astrology and mind body connection. And I'm going to be doing that on, on zoom eventually on online. But right now I'm just doing it at my um, brick and mortar. And then I, once a month I do a galactic alchemy class is six hours long. And that's about connecting um, to your galactic self and um, all the different aspects of your alchemy, your earth, your fire, water, and ether. So thank you. And I'm, I can be found at astroaware.net. I do readings, workshops, and online classes. And um, also at 13 Moons Healing Arts Studio here in Gainesville. And you you do chart interpretation if people want that, yes? Yeah, I still do chart interpretations online and um, in person. I'm glad you <laughs> said that. still because you did yeah. my chart interpretation years ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> and what did you think of that interpretation? Oh, I thought it was very good. We we talked about it. Um, I, I got all the paperwork to go with it. And then Alicia sat down and talked to me about what was in there. And I thought it was uh, very accurate. And there were some things that had not yet come about. And uh, and now they have. They came about. They came about. So, <laughs> nice. so yeah, I've very done interesting. This, you know, and thank you, Suzanne, for saying that, because my chart was equally impressive. All the work that Alicia did for me was remarkable, not just 
a general survey, which can be illuminating to some degree. But when Alicia goes to town on the information that you give her, you wind up with a lot of detail. You can track it. You can look ahead to yeah. things that have not occurred yet, but yep. there's a strong likelihood that they will. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have said before, and I'll say it again, spend the money. Contact her <laughs> and spend the money. I'm not getting any kickback. This is not a paid advertisement. I'm simply saying I have done this. Suzanne has done this. We've revealed information from each of our charts, and the source of the information is even beyond Alicia Michelle. She draws from that reservoir of cosmic wisdom, for lack of a better term, that's what I come up with on the spot. It's nice, and actually. Puts, <laughs> yes, and she puts it into a readable and absorbable form so that you can start looking for insights. You will find them, and better yet, you will be able to apply those insights. So I'm so happy that we got our charts from Alicia, and I'd recommend her work to anyone. Oh, thank you, Absolutely. Gary. Thank you, Suzanne astroware.net we've been mm -hmm. talking about the north and south nodes from a global standpoint because this is what is happening in our world right now the north node is moving into aries the south node is moving into libra and then when you talk about our personal nodes mm -hmm. those are from our birth chart right Correct. like that's what yes. was when the day you were born so the day you were born is not the same as what's going on today. You you no. don't necessarily have your North Node in Aries and, and South in Libra. That's that's on a global scale. With the North Node, it points to the soul's growth and the South Node to the past. Mm -hmm. And and you looked at Gary's and my charts to discover where we've got our North Nodes and South Nodes. And that turned out to be a, a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Well, because you're different um, ages, different um, or, you know, your same age, but different time frames where you were born. Um, but you both have your north node in the sixth house and your south nodes are both in the twelfth house. So even though yours is in Aquarius and Gary's is in Capricorn, the destiny, you know, the the energy, because think about it this way. The the constellations are the waves and the the points and the planets are the are the particles because this is physics and this is quantum entanglements and how we're entangled with these points. And we're we are mostly water. We're conduits for energy and electricity. And we embody these energies in this lifetime until we take our last breath. We come in on a breath and we leave on a breath. But while we're here, we have this particular blueprint and that part is static. What dynamic is when we're in a cosmic clock and these these planets are always moving and we're always have the opportunity to evolve and change and transform so with the north node both of you having it in the sixth house that is an emphasis on service and health and so it's interesting with the work that you do and the south node you guys is the 12th house for you both and that's soul consciousness that's spirituality that's mysticism and you're and so what we do the south node is kind of like the funnel that brings in the strengths and the wisdom that we've learned in the past to the north node it funnels it into the north node so we do that as well personally and also globally we have this opportunity like we've been speaking about with the, the South Node, the Libra will help us, you know, find common ground. The global emphasis with this 18 next month or 18 months, the next 18 months will be finding common ground, resolving conflicts, finding harmony, 
Okay. So with, so that's the emphasis on the global. So like for the emphasis for you guys, you guys are channeling from the mystic side of your, your soul and your experiences from past lives into this lifetime. And you can come together and then you do this work through radio and that's, you know, the sixth house. Wow. That's, that's a big, wow. I, um, yeah. I, I appreciate that. And it's going to give me something to be thinking about if people want to look at their own charts, how can they determine well, where their North and South nodes are? Um, well, I can give you, um, they can, the best way is to talk to an astrologer, really. I mean, you can right. look online. You can go to one of those online, but not all of them, not all of them have the nodes on there for some reason. Okay. Um, or, or you'll have to go find it and check it off, but it's not automatically on a chart, just okay. like the asteroids aren't automatically on the chart. But I wanted to just give your, re your, your readers, your audience, like just a little, you know, if you're an Aries, so I know you're an Aries. So this energy, the eclipses for the next 18 months for you, Suzanne and any Aries out there that's listening for you guys they, it's in the first house it's self so it has to do with self-embodiment self-expression your dharma your personality and and your growth in this lifetime like th there's an emphasis on you and developing your courage and your assertiveness and being your authentic self mm. now mm -hmm. so this is again this remember what I said earlier about the eclipses the eclipse season um, it really started April 20th of this year. We It was 29 degrees Libra. But we have, um, and then also um, May 5th was a big one. But we have it in October. There's a few big ones in October. We can get into that another time. But just so your audience knows, this is just a little gem they can take away with them. Taurus people, you guys, the, the North Node is going to be in your 12th house. So that's um, spiritual vision. That's connecting to source consciousness. That's inspiration. That's dreams. Um, that's time alone. It's developing yourself. It's spending some time in your prayer closet in isolation and, and uh, developing your, your spiritual side. So that's for the Taurus. So there's going to be a big emphasis for the you for the next 18 months and for your spiritual vision and development. For uh, all the Geminis out there, this is community. It's about your your goals, your aspirations, working with groups. It's your uniqueness. It's um, connecting with humanity, um, your friends, groups, and uh, organizations, um, acquaintances. So it's a time to a really nice time for friendships and aspirations for you. All the Cancers out there. This is about your life calling and your professional life and your your mission and your purpose. It's uh, a lot about your stepping into your authority, stepping into your des destiny with your work and your purpose. Um, it's getting outside of the house. A lot of cancers are, you know, they're they're they really can be in the fourth house and stuck in the family a lot of times. But it's about developing that other aspect of yourself as well. All you Leos out there, it's about. Uh, culture, faith, spiritual, spirit, your spiritual life, your higher consciousness, sometimes education, going back to school, taking some classes, uh, but it's philosophy, meaning, and knowledge. Um, what, house? For, what house is that? That's the ninth house. Ninth so house. then, okay. oh yeah, I should be, I should say that too. Yeah. So this would be the ninth house emphasis for all the Leos out there okay. uh, for our Virgo. So this would be you, Gary. This is eighth house. So this is transformation, change, power, investment, psychology, rebirthing, mystery. All, uh, eighth house is also self-mastery. So there's a big emphasis for all you Virgos out there to really like cultivate self-mastery uh, for yourself and, and do that in-depth psychology, you know, work with yourself. And because this is a very transformative uh, year and a half for you with these eclipses. Um, for you Libras, um, that's going to be in your seventh house. This is 
cooperations, marriage, companionships, contracts, partnerships, um, intimacy. Um, but this is all about seventh house energetics, your primary relationship, your marriage. So this is where the emphasis will be for all you Libras. Um, Scorpio. Let's see, Scorpio is going to be in the sixth house. Uh, so that's what we were saying earlier as service and health and employment, work, routines. Um, it also has a lot to do with your body, um, digestion, assimilation, but it has to do, it's a Virgo house. Sixth house has to do with uh, regimen, routines, and taking care of yourself. So Scorpios, you know, they're water signs, and it's a really good for them. Th- at this point, you'll you'll feel a pressure, like we were speaking of earlier, a pressure to like create routine and uh, regimen for yourself. Sagittarius, uh, all the Sagittarians out there, this is a fifth house energy for you guys. So this is joy and creativity. This is children. Uh, the creative, it's like it can be children, like physical children, but it can also be uh, children in the way of what you're creating, like what you're, you know, what you're bringing into the world through your mind and through your hands, you know, so creativity. Capricorns, it's a fourth house. That's family. Um, that's the hearth, the roots, um, your ancestry, your home. So it's a really good time to, you know, work on your home and in your home and with your family. I got two more. So lastly, we got uh, Aquarians out there. Aquarians, this is in your third house. The next 18 months has a lot to do with um, your perception, your thinking, communication, learning. It's also siblings and neighbors. Uh, So again, emphasis there for you guys. And lastly, our Pisces, uh, second house for you guys. So it's um, second house is values. Uh, it's a Taurus house. It's values, security, um, your possessions, your resources, your sense of belonging, um, and it's your personal finances. So that kind of gives you an idea. Like these, this will be the emphasis for each one of us in the next 18 months. That was wonderful. I know it took you a couple of minutes, but I think to touch on each one of the sun signs was really good. To, well done, Alicia. To let you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. In the world of morning news, particularly in radio, they call that the morning whip. You whip around <laughs> the news the day and you whipped around the zodiac. You whipped around I, the entire zodiac. All right. I tried to get everyone a little love, so a little insight. Yeah. No, that's great. That's really great. Emphasis on yourself, emphasis on your community, on your purpose. I mean, all those different things, education. It's good to know that you know if you put your attention in a particular area it's a good place for you to be a good place to thrive is is in that particular house that particular energy for the next 18 months so, yeah and the house i should say for some people like you and i we know what that means but a house in your chart in your blueprint is a field of activity where things take place like where we learn things but mm-hmm. each house yeah like colors have hues and each vibration as it changes the, the color changes it's very much like that with a with a with a house or excuse me with a with the houses and your birth glyph you know your graph your symbol and that's how we read it but yeah that's exactly it mm-hmm. that's great Alicia, we have uh, just under 10 minutes, so you'll have time to explain this from antiquity to the present and into the future, (laughs) I'm sure. But let me just get some context from you. Does the astrology, as you are presenting it, presuppose the fact of reincarnation? Yes, absolutely. Everything reincarnates, stars, plants, trees, humans. Yeah, it it, it, it does. So the South Node is one of the big ones that we look at for reincarnation, also Pluto aspects. 
like so the, that. The moon, yeah, yeah, the moon regulates our relationship to time, and it reflects the past into the present through our soul's light. That's exactly what the moon does in astrology, especially in vibrational astrology. So where the moon, the moon especially, you guys, it has to do with um, it creates instincts and habits and moods and memory and dispositions in our emotions, in our emotional body, in our astral body, because of our past life lineages and our experiences from past. We bring that in with the moon. That's how the moon's nodes, which is what we've been speaking about today, the nodes, the nodal axis of the moon is so important about past and future because it's directly connected. I love knowing that because I'm one of those people who wants to believe in reincarnation. I can't prove it. I hope mm -hmm. that's how it works. If it doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't. But mm -hmm. I can tell you this, it's a binary question. Either our souls, our spirits, our, our consciousness, and maybe even our sense of personal identity, if they survive the death of our bodies, yay us. I mean, that, that's an interdimensional reality we're talking about there. And of course, people in the rational, empirical framework we're comfortable with that would say oh it's it's a nice fantasy but there's no evidence to support it maybe not but either we're going to survive the death of our bodies consciously with our consciousness intact is what i mean to say or we're not there's no middle ground like okay for you maybe but not at least right I know about Suzanne. <laughs> either it's a fact or it isn't i'm optimistic about it i would love to come back and do things better next time i have left too many opportunities on the table I have hmm. not balanced my life in important ways over the years, and I'd like to take another crack at it, if I may. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, you guys know my background, and I was raised in, in Christian family and Christian churches. And when I first opened up all this, and that was one of the things I was never allowed to speak about um, is reincarnation. And one day I said, well, if, if we don't believe in reincarnation, then why can why do we always talk about Jesus coming back? And it was like you, it was mic drop moment, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, I've never yeah. heard it said quite like that. Yeah. yeah. You don't think well, you're going to return, but Jesus will. Right. Right. And only him. <laughs> right. There's a right. special exemption. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so uh, that was great that you came up with that. I never thought of that. Boy, that would be a I, mic drop moment at the Thanksgiving table. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. It wasn't Thanksgiving, but it was at the table. So <laughs> it, just, it, it just occurred to me, actually, but. And the same thing with they followed a star to find Jesus, you know, the three magi had to be astrologers, mathematicians and alchemists in order to be considered a magi. So um, but one thing I want to say that I didn't say that I think is super important, you guys, yes. about this energy going into Aries, because mm -hmm. we're really like I always want to like help us tap into the the powerful uh a higher vibration, right? We always have, it's always has spectrum, but the right. higher vibration, the evolved aspect of this sign, this energy, this constellation is sovereignty, is autonomy, it's courage. It's, um, it's that, you know, self-efficiency, uh, being our own hero, right? Being that confident, faithful, focused person, but tapping into our sovereignty that we all have that. And when we do, there is no need to have power over someone else your wife your kids the government like that will cease to exist at some point because we all have natural sovereignty within us we are sovereign beings we're born sovereign so i just really i forgot to, that's a key word for me and i really wanted to leave you with that today 
Alicia, take two minutes to talk about what's happening with Venus going into retrograde. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, let's see, that's happening. It starts July 22nd, goes to September 3rd. Um, basically, it's about reassessing, you know, who you love and who you value and what you love and what you value. Um, it's a time where we really should um, kind of focus on budgets and financial planning, but also rethinking our personal relationships. So summer relationships, especially with the South Node and Libra, there's any, where there's a codependence and dysregulation or uh, any kind of um, imbalances in relationships, they really will be exacerbated over the next three to four months. It really come to the surface. So there will be some difficulty um, in a lot of ways in relationships, but only because that pressure helps us take a look at it, come out of our busy mind and pay attention. So it's nothing bad, just like Mercury retrograde is the time to, you know, kind of redo and rethink. But this is about values, uh, your possessions and your finances and your primary relationships. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Take care of those primary relationships. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> why and are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why they're primary. They're important. They're the most important, right? It's family, you know, your spouse, but yeah. But yeah, and uh, I guess the, the main thing the astrologers will say, this is not the time to make big purchases or do anything Venusian like plastic surgery or anything um, because they could really go wrong during Venus retrograde. In case any of your audience are out there need to hear that, <laughs> that and would be the warning. how long does that last, the Venus retrograde? Um, it, it comes out, yeah, September 4th, but it comes out of the shadow on October 7th. So oh. the shadow shadow period is June nineteenth through October seventh. Uh, Mercury has it. Every, we always talk about the shadow and the storm with Mercury. So it's we have the time period that's actually retrograde, but then we have the energy before and energy after because of how the geometry. Um, it would be hard for me to describe it to you without right. writing, you know, showing you a picture. But it is that's the storm. So it actually we're literally completely out of it. Uh, October seventh. That's the end of the shadow period. Well, yep. it was like you told me about the age of Aquarius. Yeah. It's not a light switch, Suzanne. It right. happens slowly. So, <laughs> it's a yeah. process. It's not it's a, a process. <laughs> if people want to get in touch with you, let's give out your information one more time sure. about how they can do that, because I think people should be in touch with you. Oh, thank you. Well, they can reach me at Alicia at AstroAware.net. Um, my company is Astrological Awareness. I um, and then Thirteen Moons Healing Art Studio in Gainesville, and um, my business line is three five two eight seven zero eight five one two. So Excellent. thank you so much. Yeah, Excellent. I enjoyed being thank with you, you guys today. Oh, yeah. we're going to do this again. This was and a lot of fun, and That's it was right. very informational. Thank you so much for being with us today, Alicia. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. And make sure you stay tuned to KKNW because at one o'clock, Gary Mance will be talking about places to play and places to stay in and around Port Angeles, gateway to Olympic National Park. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific time right here on AM 1150 or 1150kknw.com on the live stream. Until then, make this the start of your great weekend, everyone. <music>